Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the Sages Among Us and the opportunity to meet another amazing civically engaged citizen and community builder. My guest tonight hails from the community of Camptonville, where he homesteaded a parcel of land over three decades ago and together with his wife raised two daughters there. During that time, he also devoted over 35 years as a member of the Camptonville School Board and more recently has embarked on a multi-year journey as a member of the Camptonville Community Services District Board during which time he has been instrumental in getting the building for the community center in Camptonville donated by the Masons. He retired several years ago from a busy dental practice in Nevada City, and rumor has it that he built a wood-fired oven which has become famous for producing a wide variety of delectable breads and pizzas. He's also a lifelong fly fisherman who has fished just about every watershed in this area. Dr. Richard Descartes, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Well, Brian, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Absolutely a pleasure. Um, you know, clearly most of your life has been lived on the western slope of these northern Sierras, uh, specifically in Camptonville, and obviously many a working hour in Nevada City. But you had a life, a childhood, college, dental school, and early adult years elsewhere. Tell us about uh, the beginnings of Dr. Descartes. Well, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Missouri mules, we called them. And, uh, but however, most of my life I, I was raised in, uh, Southern California. Uh, in between, uh, spent a few years, uh, with my uh, family, uh, myself, two sisters and a brother, mother, father, out in Arizona where my dad ran, uh, cotton and cattle and looked for copper and gold, uh, during the hot summers. It was a lot of fun, uh, was out in Mother Nature very rurally. Uh, came back to California uh, and uh, went to uh, junior high, junior and high school there. And I, I, I think it really set me up because I realized I enjoyed, uh, you know, being in clubs and groups. And uh, I was fortunate to be at uh, schools where there was a broad curriculum. Uh, I was able to take shops and on electronics, had uh, great chemistry and physics labs that I could play around in. And um, also I, I enjoyed uh, the clubs like uh, Latin Club, and uh, I, in my high school years, was part of a science club, and uh, a lot of us enjoyed making rockets, homemade rockets, and they were fairly serious. And we'd go out to Arizona in the desert and fire them off. And we got one up uh, to a mile and a half high. And then, of course, we had a number of them that uh, blew up on the stands. Well, um, <laughs> Reminds me of October Sky. You, you got it. But, yeah. um, so um, anyway, uh, it was off to UCLA um, after high school and um, as a physics major. 
And I really enjoyed the uh, physics and the chemistry classes. It was just down my scientific spine. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. So, uh, and then uh, obviously you went from your undergrad to uh, on to dental school. Tell us about that transition and the decisions you were making then. Well, I was a physics major at UCLA um, and really enjoyed, you know, the advanced physics and chemistry classes. But there was this watershed moment in my second semester of calculus. I barely made it through it. And it was one of those aha moments. I, I hit a wall. And I realized that I really didn't want to be uh, stuck in a lab as a scientist. I, I wanted to, uh, you know, be out with folks. So I, I um, well, my dad actually is the one that did. He suggested, hey, take, take a vocational aptitude test and, and see what's up. And it came back, said I could be anything from a forest ranger to a healthcare professional, a few in between. Um, so anyway, my dad said, well, you know, uh, and I'm not sure exactly why he recommended that I take the University of California dental aptitude test. Uh, didn't study for it or anything, and I passed it with flying colors. I uh, was accepted early into the University of California San Francisco Medical Center School of Dentistry early, and so I dropped my last uh, year of UCLA classes and took off. Um, on a charter trip to Europe that you that UC had and uh, hitchhiked around Europe for the summer, came back and went to dental school. And I, when I got there, I realized I really didn't know what being a dentist entailed. Four years later, <laughs> I'd be a dentist. <laughs> so I, I believe you're telling me that you're actually a college dropout. Who went yes. on to, to dental school. But, okay. you know, I succeeded. Congratulations uh, on, on making that transition from dropout to, to dentist. And actually, you, you know, I, I was thinking uh, as a rocket scientist, you know, uh, dentistry is not rocket science, but it probably helps that you knew it, some. It does. It does. Okay. The attitude. Right. Right. So... Um, you graduated then from uh, UC San Francisco Dental School. Um, how did you choose to come to this area and homestead in Camptonville? Well, I think surely my wife uh, has been a big factor. We met uh, in, at UC San Francisco Medical Center. She was a nurse. And uh, we met over making posters for the UC Student Health Project. And the idea was to get... Uh, healthcare students out into the field to uh, see and work with migrant workers and other folks out in the Central Valley. Um, I took her out for uh, donuts and coffee and, it, and things ensued after that. Uh, we got married in 1969 after I'd served two years uh, as a dentist in the uh, United States Navy. I was a year in Vietnam with a mobile dental clinic in the Mekong Delta. Um, hmm. Anyway, uh, and when I was there, I again sort of set up a theme. I, I volunteered to uh, treat, examine, help uh, Vietnamese families that uh, wouldn't get dental care otherwise. So uh, we got married and um, we honeymooned um, in Florence for uh, a year. 
uh, we had a dental, I had a dental practice there. She was my dental assistant. We traveled around Europe a bit. Came back to the United States to work on the Navajo Indian Reservation along with a group called Project Hope, and they were establishing a hospital a dental clinic out in Ganado, Arizona. I uh, helped set up and uh, build the uh, dental clinic there and then was the dentist there for a year or so. Um, came back to California, didn't want to stay in Arizona, and... Um, too, many, too much well, rocket debris or something like much, that? No, it just, it, we, it was too rural, too isolated, different culture. It wasn't us. So um, we came back, and while I was working at a dental clinic in Oakland, Shirley and I toured all the way up to northern Washington State, all the way down to uh, Tijuana, not Tijuana, but, you know, San Diego area. And um, in order to find our place in the woods, you know, a place to homestead, a place to go back to the land, uh, you know, a, a beautiful, good environmental place. And we saw and visited a lot of little small towns because we didn't want to go to a big urban area. And one of the criteria for our looking and seeing was the place had to have, you know, uh, decent restaurants, some culture, uh, you know, four seasons. We unfortunately ran into a lot of places that had restaurants that served either chicken fried steak or steak fried chicken. And it wasn't until we sort of ended up in uh, Grass Valley, Nevada City, came to it several times and realized, hey, this has got all the ingredients that uh, we wanted. Um, you know, four seasons and a good community environment thrown into boot. It took several years to establish my dental practice and, you know, have a cash flow to do anything in the way of settling in. We rented during that time. Uh, so... We looked around the greater area, and for some odd reason, um, several times, uh, Moonshine Road in Camptonville sort of drew us in, called to us. Um, in 1976, uh, we bought 11 acres of raw land bordering the Tahoe National Forest on Moonshine Road. Uh, I designed our home, I did the blueprints, and I began to help build it, but I did that until I hit my thumb. I realized it was much better to drill and pound on teeth rather than on <laughs> two-by-fours or wood. Makes sense, yeah. 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 So so, uh, so you hired people to, uh, to finish the house, and you've been there since 1976, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. No, some of our local guys uh, who were builders, and uh, yeah, they, they've... It was really great. It was uh, sort of uh, locals building a local house, and it's it's sort of not a wood butcher house, but it's it's sweet, a lot of wood. Okay, nice. Well, you know, uh, after you landed there in Camptonville, uh, it sounds like you didn't spend a lot of time just uh, you know hunkering down in pandemic isolation mode. Uh, you kind of jumped right in, and it you spent what thirty. Plus 35 years on the Campbellville yeah. School Board? You got it. Yeah, 35 years. And the years just sort of flew by. I mean, as life does. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just a curiosity, uh, uh, after 35 years, do you recall how many times you had a term as president of the board? Or was that just sort of a permanent 
position you well, took over? I I really attempted on occasions to step back, and and uh, the intent was to, uh, at least sort of the unspoken intent on the board, was to move the chair, the president, around so that right. people could have right. the experience of setting the agenda and running a meeting and you know, giving a direction. Uh, I, I don't know how many times I took that position uh, as I was on the board longer, being, you know, gray-haired, essentially white-haired, I didn't have to be president. I just say something. (laughs) Right. right. Well, and and if there are five members on the school board, you know, it means you probably were president about seven times. Um, Yeah. What were some of the highlights of your time on on the board? That's a long time. Uh, There have to be some, some interesting highlights there. Yeah, you know, Campingville School is just, out in the boondocks, it's small, uh, unique. We're the only, uh, Camdeville School is the only school in our district, which is about 64 square miles. Um, um, over the years, we've averaged uh, 50, 60 students each year. And um, the biggest highlight during that time was my um, being heavily involved in establishing our charter school. Uh, the Camptonville Academy. And the main thing that came out of that was that uh, the financial arrangements we had with our charter school um, allowed uh, Camptonville School to maintain its uh, independence, um, both policy-wise and fiscally, for the last 25 years. you know, otherwise there were multiple moves to tuck us under other larger districts' uh, wings, and we would have lost right. our local uh, control. So Camptonville, I, I think, is somewhat unique in the state. And, and Brian, you know, as your past experience as administrator, um, I don't know if you feel that's true also. Uh, yeah, absolutely, that uh, sometimes with the... Uh you know, the budget revelations that can come uh, when you're working with a small population and, and interesting budget opportunities, you certainly can get uh, a lot more independence um, than just trying to scrape around and find what would be a good, you know, sugar daddy district to, to latch on to. Yeah, and that um, happened all around us. Right. You're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Brian Buckley, and we're talking today with Richard Descartes, a longtime member and contributor to the community of Camptonville. He's also well-known as a dentist, now retired, with a practice in Nevada City. Currently a board member of the Camptonville Community Services District, who also served for 35-plus years on the Camptonville School Board. And, Richard, we were just talking about uh, your your time on the school board and some of the the biggest highlights, which I think also were a reflection of some of the biggest challenges just in terms of, you know, keeping that budget going and, and keeping that independent district afloat. Well, was it hard to step down from the board after such a long time being a part of it? Well, my wife, Shirley, for several years before I stepped down, suggested that it was uh, it was time uh, to uh, get the old white-haired guy uh, out of the way <laughs> and uh, allow you know some young parent to step in and sometimes that needs you have to create the space for something to come in and fill it in so um, I didn't have to step down 
I think I was ready, and uh, Shirley was a real good catalyst for that. Great, yes. Many times our, our spouses are for something Got like it. that. So um, you're currently on the Community Services District Board, and uh, tell us about that and what that group is tasked with. Well, the Camptonville Community Service District is the local elected governing body for our little 64-square-mile district, which includes about half of Bullard's Bar Reservoir. Um, about seven, 800 people live up here. Uh, some of them hide out, and some of them are, uh, you know, involved heavily in our community. We're unincorporated. We don't have a, a, a mayor. Uh, the board's main function is oversight uh, of policies that run the district and then, of course, fiscal responsibility to make sure that we're not deficit spending. We have four departments. Camptonville Water District, which handles just downtown uh, Camptonville, not the whole district. The Camptonville Volunteer Fire Department, which uh, works with other uh, uh, fire departments around us. We have a cemetery district and then a parks and recreation district, of which the Camptonville Community Center is the main focus. So, in, in essence, it's it's like a municipal government for the Camptonville area, and the board would be like a city council for that area. Yeah, something akin to that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, what are some of the current projects and priorities within that organization? Well, I'll hit that. I just do want to mention that uh, Camptonville. Uh, in, I think it was, oh, the late 90s, 1997, uh, was a finalist in the All-American Cities uh, Awards. Um, wow. We were up against places like Stockton, places back east, and we were one of the finalists. And Camptonville sort of has that, uh, you know, we're small, but we can do it. And um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, the projects for me uh, that are keeping uh, me busy. The main one right now is keeping the water flowing in Camptonville town proper. Uh, you know, I've been involved over the last, I don't know, six, eight years in it, writing and administering grants to renovate and, and bring the uh, water system, uh, the treatment and the distribution up to current standards. Um, been involved in uh, getting, oh, I don't know, right now it's probably coming up close to $2 million in grants. I've got another three-quarter million on the table. Uh, hopefully we'll get. But um, these are grants from our federal government, from the state of California Department of Water Resources, and I must mention from the Yuba Water Agency. They've sort of been our sugar daddy and been very supportive in many, many ways. So that's been the main project. Uh, the other one, uh, or another one, is supporting and helping our um, volunteer fire department function well. Uh, we have a great fire chief, uh, Brandy Dudek. She's one of the few or maybe the only female fire chiefs in the state of California, especially with volunteer fire departments. And if you want to get involved, uh, radio audience, uh, you can help support the Campton Volunteer Fire Department. We have a volunteer fire picnic coming up September 11th 
um, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, the really good, tasty food, barbecue. Um, there's music and dancing. Um, so, and then as you mentioned early on, Brian, another big project is the uh, sort of bringing the Camptonville Community Center that was donated by the Masons up to up to snuff. It, it we got it and it was in very poor condition, but over the last seven years. Uh, with donations, uh, fundraising, a lot of volunteer help, uh, we, we've been bringing it up to where it, it's it's a safe and functional place for the community together. Great. You know, obviously, Richard, you've chosen to volunteer and be civically engaged. Um, what do you get out of all that involvement personally? What does it do for you? Well, um, you know, it's, it just seems to be in my uh, nature. I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed over the years projects and developing things. You know, I, uh, I've developed dental clinics out in Ganado on the Navajo Indian Reservation. I set up the uh, dental clinic at their family place on the North San Juan Ridge. Uh, and I've, of course, set up, designed, and, and had built the dental clinic, the dental office, the first one in Grass Valley, and then the big one, the group practice in Nevada City. I, I just seem to have the knack, skills I've acquired, and experiences to help uh, projects go along. Yeah. Okay. And and obviously that must feel rewarding internally for you it is uh it you know it comes from my heart it i just it's it just i you know it's just what i'm called to do and it, you just you know follow your um follow your passion i think that's yeah. an old expression well you know you just invited people out to the uh the picnic there in in campville but you know if somebody had a heart similar to yours and and wanted to get involved um if it's a listener from Camptonville or if it's a listener from, you know, the the greater Nevada County area, um, what advice would you have for them for for getting involved civically? Well, you know, I, just like I said, I you know, y you follow your passions. You know, ask yourself, what do you care about? I mean, what's in, what do you think are worthy causes? Uh, I mean, is it? children, is it uh, animals, the environment, whatever. Uh, then I'd, I'd, you know, ask around, talk to friends, uh, you know, read the newspaper, KVMR, listen to them uh, on their community calendar, um, and just see um, if there's groups that seem to have similar concerns. And then, of course, you've got to put the uh, pedal to the metal, foot on the road, and, you know, attend some meetings and see if it's really a, a good fit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think involvement is so essential to community health, and, uh, you know, I think it's so important to look at people's uh, assets, not their deficiencies, and all of us have assets, and we all have deficiencies, and if you can match up with a group that can use your assets, boy, I think that's, that's the way to get involved. Good advice. Good advice. You know, if you got here roughly 45 years ago, you've probably seen a few changes along the way. Um, anything that you can identify as uh, 
a more promising or a more frightening uh, trend in our local communities over that time? Well, I think all of us recognize that uh, the greater area has become more of a popular tourist area. Uh, more people have moved into the area. I know uh, we have more tourists at the Bullard Spar Reservoir coming through Camptonville area. With the warmer weather, the climate change, uh, the main thing I think we're all experiencing is this uh, fear of fire from, I don't know, late June till late, no, late October. And, um, you know, that, that really is the biggest trend or challenge I see. But it's good that, um, you know, in Camptonville we see folks working together uh, continually, I mean, over the years, uh, it, it's surprising how much time and money uh, that we're socioeconomically uh, a very uh, disadvantaged community. It's surprising how much time and money our locals put into the community. Um, and, you know, uh, the other thing which I think is encouraging in Camptonville is we're seeing a lot of the younger folks uh, Stepping forward and um, into positions that serve Camptonville, whether it's on the school board, we have some younger uh, service district people, we have some nonprofits that have younger people coming on. So, I, if anything, you know, the, it's their future, and and them stepping forward, I think, is just a wonderful trend. Great, yeah. Um, so, if you had. Uh a, a magic wand, Richard, and you could wave it over our our your community to make one change. Um, how would you use it? Well, if I had just one, um, I I ask for more. All of us being more accepting of others, uh, more peace and love between us, rather than polarization and finger pointing. Uh, it's a good wish. Good wish. Well, we don't have a great deal of, of time left, but I, I did want to just pick your brain for a second. I think uh, many listeners might enjoy this, but you've been an avid fly fisherman uh, with a bit of expertise for a number of years. Um, any tips uh, for our, our locals interested in getting up to speed in, in that area? Well, you know, I, 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 like I have mentioned, there are two parts to fishing. Um, there's the fishing where you're out there in the water, and then there's catching the fish. And uh, it's sort of sad, but, you know, very few fishermen uh, catch uh, a lot of fish. It's, it's usually people that have experience, can read the water, um, and one of my old mentors, Charlie Brooks, um, who lives in Penn Valley uh, in Montana, would always say, well, you just got to know how to call the fish. And part of it was, you know, you don't go stomping around because they can feel the earth moving and it goes into the water. You don't show yourself. You sneak up on them. And you got to be able to read the water to know where they are hiding. And it's always, for me, a bit... Uh, What's the word? Not humiliating, but uh, I'm always trying to find if they're smarter than me or I'm smarter than them. 
And I mm-hmm. hate to say it, a lot of times uh, they're smarter. <laughs> great, great. Well, any any final comments for us on uh, civic engagement, uh, leadership, life well lived? Yeah, um, the one other thing I would like to mention is this Sunday, uh, the 18th, um, our Sri Moonshine Music Series is uh, having uh, two world-renowned guitarists uh, uh, perform. Uh, the profits from that go to support the Camptonville Community Center. And it's Gian Riley and Pepino D'Agostino, and you can get tickets, or brown paper tickets, or at the door at 6.30 p.m. The performance starts at 7. But, uh, right. yeah. Come on. Thanks. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for being my guest tonight, Richard. It's been a pleasure. It's been mine, and thank you for having me.